0: Hey yeah. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This is episode 27. Woo, 27. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode. This week, we're going to talk about five home studio production and mixing tips, things for recording, for production, things that you can do in your home studio to kind of maximize your efforts when you're working in your home studio. So we're going to talk about five of those items this week. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, though. If you want to send me an email to info at home recordingmadeeasy.com and let me know what kind of show idea topics do you want to hear in the future podcast episodes, let me know. Send me an email. Also, stick around until the end of the episode because I'm going to give away a couple of free gifts to help you with your training. So let's talk about five studio production mixing tips and recording tips right here on home recordingmadeeasy.com. Everybody welcome back to another episode here at the home recording made easy.com podcast episode 27. Five home studio production and mixing tips to help you maximize your efforts and your time spent in your home studio. So, welcome back. I appreciate you being here again. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, give five-star reviews on your uh, favorite podcast um, you know, provider if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Amazon or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you give me some some five-star reviews if these podcast episodes are helping you. I really do appreciate it, and it really helps me. And don't forget to go back and check out all the other episodes. We have 26 other episodes prior to this one that you can check out if you want to listen to some more um, tips, tricks, concepts, and techniques. Okay, so let's talk about five home studio production and mixing tips, okay? Let's jump right into it. Number one, your workflow. Well, what does that mean, Dave? Well, try to keep everything set up in your home studio. Keep everything plugged in, all your stuff ready to go so you can start recording instantly if needed. Because remember, inspiration can hit you at any moment. And you don't want to lose time fumbling around looking for microphones and microphone stands and cables and setting up a template in your DAW. And I got to get set up for recording. It takes you 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. I plugged everything in. I I, I went to strum my guitar and I don't see any signal in my DAW. And you spend a half an hour getting set up. And guess what happens? Inspiration quickly fades. So what I try to do and what I tell people to do, not what I try to do, what I actually do, is in my home studio, my setup is as streamlined as possible, and it is completely set up and ready to go. And mine is probably a little bit more complex in the way I do things than maybe a lot of you listening to this, because not only do I record, I also mix and master two two different kinds of workflows. I also do video training tutorials, as you guys know from the YouTube channel and from all my Home Recording Made Easy uh, courses, as well as mixingmadeeasy.net. I also do things like record a podcast like I'm doing right now. And I need to be able to come downstairs, turn the lights on, turn on the power switches, sit in the chair, and start doing whatever I need to do. And if that means I need to pick up an acoustic guitar and record an acoustic guitar part, I can do that in less than five minutes okay because everything is set up everything is patched everything is dedicated i have templates set up in my daw for recording for mixing and for mastering so the point is it doesn't take me a lot of time to get rolling and i would highly encourage you to think about that and look for ways no matter how you know efficient you feel your workflow is get rid of the waste can you walk into your studio at home and within Less than five minutes, can you be up recording a guitar part? In less than five minutes, can you be starting to work on editing your tracks and your mixing uh, session? Within five minutes, if you're someone who does podcasting or interviews or Skype or whatever, can you just sit in the chair, turn everything on and go? If the answer to that question is no, well then try to find where the areas of improvement can be and go ahead and see if you can do that. Now that might mean you need to spend a little money and everybody's on a budget. I get that. So maybe you have to do this over time, but it can be done. It can be done. And so I would highly encourage you to look at your workflow and make it as efficient and as quick and easy as possible. It takes me, like I said, when I want to record a podcast, I can record, start recording in two minutes. I have a podcast template that I'm recording into right now. It's only for my podcast episodes, all my intro music, my outro, excuse me, outro music and everything in between is all set up, ready to go. I have my microphone all plugged in, ready to go. I pull it over in front of my mouth and I start recording. <laughs> it's that simple right? If I'm recording a YouTube video for you guys, I have my camera all set up. I have everything plugged in. It's ready to go. It's all, all the camera settings are done. The camera never leaves its little tripod that it's sitting on. If I need to film something else in my studio, I have a secondary camera to do so. So I don't even have to ever take my, my webcam, my DSLR camera that I use to record all my videos down. It never moves from where it is. All I have to do is turn it on. I made an investment and bought a second identical camera from when I'm doing things in the studio, you know, away from the computer in the studio. So I don't have to disrupt my camera setup from my my videos because everything is set up and set up with lighting and focus in a very specific way. All of my lighting is mounted to the wall where I just have a remote control. I turn it on. I never have to take lights out of the closet and set my lighting up for video, I'm talking about you get the idea. So try to look at your workflow, see how, use the, uh, the ultimate goal. Can you walk in the studio and do anything that you want to do in that studio in less than five minutes? If the answer to that question is yes, right on, man, I'll congratulate you. If the answer to that question is no, sit down and try to figure out how you can do that, especially if you're someone who records music. And like I said, inspiration can hit at any time. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is organize your DAW. Okay. Having templates set up for recording, another template set up for mixing, another template set up for mastering, et cetera, will greatly help. If you have all those templates set up and all the routing set up properly with your interface, all you have to do is hit the record button. Okay. If you, if you're someone and even have, um, pre set up blank open tracks, let's say recording, for example, So you have a template set up where you already have four or five tracks already set up to the different inputs on your interface. So if you want to record a guitar, tracks all set up. You don't have to add a track and then start recording. Okay. Those things, those little things, every couple of minutes, every few seconds, every click of the mouse or everything you have to add or delete from a session template adds up to time. So keep everything organized in your DAW, keep everything color coded so you can easily find things, keep things consistent. And I would highly recommend you use templates. I have a couple of videos on the YouTube channel for how to create templates. Doesn't matter which DAW you're using, even though I did those videos showing you in Studio One, you can use the same concept in any DAW. Just go to my uh, YouTube channel at Home Recording Made Easy and search for the word template on my channel and it will pop up. I think there's at least two videos. One as recent as early 2020. Okay, so organizing the DAW, again, hugely important. It's part of your workflow. Number three, here's a big one. Know your plugins. This is huge. Stop buying plugins and learn the ones you have inside and out. We talked about this on another podcast episode, I don't know, maybe three months ago, where I said that the title was Stop Buying Plugins, and we talked about this. And we're all guilty of this, right? I mean, who am I to talk about stop buying plugins? I mean, you probably, if you've been following me for any length of time, you're probably sitting there saying, what are you kidding me, Dave? You're the king of buy plugins, (laughs) which is not true. The reason why I buy all these plugins isn't because I just love having plugins, although that's part of it. It really is more for educational purposes because for what I do, I need to show you guys different things, stay up on these latest things and show you different things so you can see different ways to do things with different plugins. That's the main reason. If I wasn't an educator and I was someone who was just working in my home studio recording, mixing, and mastering my own music or just client music, I would have one set of plugins and that would be it. Now, it wouldn't just be stock plugins, okay? It would be third-party plugins, but I would probably be using mostly universal audio plugins because I love their plugins and I've been in part of their ecosystem for years and I wouldn't use anything else. I wouldn't have all the plugins that I have. I would have no reason to have them. I have lots of redundancy, but most of that is because of the business that I'm in. But for most of you, that's not the case, okay? The plugins aren't your problem. You're the problem. (laughs) And I say that with as much love as humanly possible. It's really true, right? It's not the gear, it's the engineers. It's not the gear, it's your ears, right? If you're talking about mixing. So if you're someone who, um, is constantly buying plugins and you're still not happy with the way your productions are turning out, then you need some appropriate training. Hint, hint at home recording made And I'll give you guys a discount coupon at the end of this podcast so you can get some training, but you can get all the free stuff right on my YouTube channel, right? You need to learn the plugins inside and out. So let's say you, once you got beyond your stock plugins, you bought you, let's say the Slate Digital All Access Pass, which is hugely popular and something that I highly recommend for third-party plugins, especially if you're new to them. He has lots of plugins. You don't need, you don't need, I'll say it again. You don't need another third-party plugin bundle package. If you had the Slate Digital Package, you have every single plugin that you can need to turn out professional sounding recordings, mixes, and masters in your home studio. Stop, period, and descendants. Full stop. Okay? Their plugins are great. You don't need anything else. If you had something like that, or if you had something like the Plugin Alliance Mix Master Bundle, you don't need anything else. They make fantastic tools. Learn the tools inside and out. Stop buying new plugins until you find that you may need a plugin that may be something that your current bundle or set of plugins doesn't do. Then I, yeah, that's justifiable. Or if you're already turning out productions that you're happy with and you just like buying new toys because you like having new toys, well, then have at it, man. (laughs) You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I do that too. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but, but know why you're doing it. And I really, I think a lot of times because there are so many plugins and there are so many people on YouTube, like good old Uncle Dave here, telling you about these great plugins that you can fall down the plugin rabbit hole very, very easily. And I just want you to, before you jump down the hole, (laughs) I just want you to take a step back and think about, do I really need these additional plugins? Am I getting the most out of the plugins that I already own? Or do I just want them because I just want them? Why am I really buying them? Okay. Just think about it. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And maybe you don't stop buying plugins hundred percent, but maybe you cut down your plugins purchases by 50% or something like that. But I really want you to know the plugins that you have. That's important. It's so important. I can't even begin to tell you. Okay. So that's tip number three. Tip number four, use low cut filters on the super low end. Okay, so even if your speakers can't reproduce, let's say, 20 to 40 hertz because they're smaller, you know, smaller near fields, they can't produce that. You don't have a subwoofer in your setup, those frequencies are still there. So by cutting, for example, 20 hertz will really bring focus to your kick drum, even though you can't hear 20 hertz in your near fields. Having Having a super low frequency set of frequencies can really add mud to a mix. And if you can't hear it because, again, your speakers can't reproduce it, On your master bus, put in um, an EQ with a frequency analyzer or a frequency analyzer plug-in so you can see what you can't hear and cut all that mud out. So we talked about low-cut filters in a few other episodes where I say, you know, cutting the low end on everything but kicks and bass guitars you want to do, it really helps clean up the low end and bring focus to the low end to the mix. But I also talked about in those episodes that using a low-cut filter on a kick drum at like 20 hertz is, is preferable. I just do it as habit. I don't even need to look at an analyzer. I do have a subwoofer. I don't care whether I could hear it or not. I don't even care if the information's actually there or not as rule of thumb, I cut around 20 Hertz on every single track on a kick, every kick track and every bass guitar, every one, because I know that if there's any information down there, I want to get rid of it. Okay. So that's something to do. It'll bring super low focus to the low end. Okay. So that's an important one. That's one that people overlook. They do the low cut filter or the high pass filter at like 90, hundred Hertz on snares and vocals and guitars and those kinds of things, but they forget about the low end. They, a lot of times people, Don't use low cuts on their kicks and their bases. You want to do that. Okay? You'd be surprised how much um, more focused the low end will be and and a lot less muddy your mix will be. Okay? And then lastly, tip number five, and I've talked about this in other podcast episodes as well, monitor more than just one way. Meaning... Don't just use your set of speakers that you're using, or just don't use your headphones, or just don't use your earbuds, or just don't go out to the car and listen to it into the car. Do all of those things if at all possible. Especially if you're someone who's into mixing your own music, it is widely preferable that you have a decent set of near-filled monitors, and that you have at least a good set of mixing headphones at the very minimum, so you can check your mixes on both sources. It would be the next step up from that. Would have a second pair of speakers, like something like the Avatone Mix Cube speakers. You get those at Sweetwater for like five hundred bucks a pair. The Sweetwater links will be in the show notes below. But something like that, where they're they call them a quote unquote a crappy sounding speaker to kind of reproduce the sound of what lower end speaker systems will sound like, so you can see if your mix translates. That would be the next step above just a good set of near fields and a good set of studio um, headphones. So three sources. So if you have if you have your near fields, your headphones, and a secondary set of speakers, that's three different sources. A set of earbuds would be preferable. That's four different sources. And yeah, if you want to take it out to the car or take put in um, you know, on your computer and listen to it on your laptop speakers or whatever, you know, monitor more than one way to make sure that your mix translates. That's again hugely important. Huge, huge important. And if it doesn't sound um, well-balanced, where you can hear all the instruments clearly and have a sense of clarity without being harsh on all of those speaker systems, then you got to go back and take a look at what's going on. Why is that? And then we start talking about how come it sounds good in your studio, but maybe it doesn't sound good out in your car. That's all talking about acoustic treatment and all that stuff. And we've talked about that in other episodes. And you have to go check those other podcast episodes out. But monitoring more in one way is, is something that's huge. It's really, really important. It just is. And there's many ways to do it, but I would just say to you, try to have as many different speaker monitoring systems as you can possibly have. And it doesn't mean it has to be super expensive. It just means that you have to have different ways to hear your mix because you don't know where that mix is going to go when it goes out into the world and where they're going to listen to it on, especially in today's day and age, with all the streaming platforms that are out there. Okay, so those are the five tips, generic tips for recording or mixing in your home studio. In summary, one, know your workflow, right? Are you ready to go? Set up. Can you walk in, sit down within less than five minutes, preferably less than three minutes? Can you be recording or mixing workflow? Two, organize your DAW. That's going to help you with your workflow. Have templates, consider templates. Okay, number three, big one, know your plugins. Do not get caught in the plug-in rabbit hole. Don't spend all your time sifting through plugins. Know the ones that you have and make sure you can use them in the most effective way. Number four, make sure that you use low-cut filters on things like your kick drums and your bass guitars. Don't forget about that. Even if you can't hear the low end, it's there, okay? Consider, on a kick drum, always rolling off 20, 25 hertz. That's a good starting point. And then again, number five, make sure you're monitoring in more than one way. Three, two at the minimum, three to four. If you can swing it, the more systems you can hear your mix on and your final product, the better off you're going to be. So I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode here. As I said at the beginning, I want to give you a free gift, okay? So again, if this is your first time here, if this is the first time you're listening to one of my podcasts, welcome to the family. I appreciate you taking your busy schedule, carving out some time to listen to me rant and rave, okay? <laughs> but I want to help you with some training. Go over to home recordingmeaneasy.com and I want to give you a free mixing course. It's right on the homepage, big orange button. You can't miss it. No strings attached, no credit card needed. Just click on the button. You're going to put your email address in. You're going to get your course emailed to you. Get your free mixing course because I want you to sample my training and sample my training style and see: Am I the instructor for you? Does my training and my teaching approach resonate with you? With many, 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 many people it does, and with some people it doesn't. The only way you're going to know is try. And I don't want you don't want it to cost you anything. I want you to try my training at no risk to you. So get your free mixing course now. If If you find that, hey, I really dig Dave's training. I'm learning a lot. I really like his style of teaching. He makes, you know, he's somewhat humorous at times, and, uh, and he talks to me in a way that I can understand. That's great. That's awesome. And you want to pick up another training course on the website, fantastic. I will tell you in advance, I appreciate your purchase more than you'll ever know. But I want to give you a discount if you want to purchase something additional. I want you to use the coupon code at checkout, podcast30. Again, this will be in the description box below or in the show notes, depending on where you're listening to this podcast. Okay, Podcast 30. You put that in a checkout, it'll take 30% off any course on the website. Okay, so not only do you get a free one and you can check out my stuff, but then you can get your next course at 30% off. Okay? So, check out all that stuff, all the links, everything will be in the description box below. And Until next week's podcast, I'm Dave with HomeRecordingMadeEasy.com. Oh, and by the way, MixingMadeEasy.net. Go check that out as well if you want to learn about the craft of mixing. And I will speak to you guys next week. Take care, everybody.